You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. Today, we are going to feature an interview that my wife, Catherine, and I did with J.J. Lane. J.J. is known for being the villain on The Bachelorette from a few seasons ago, and then being the uh, the comic relief on, I believe, The Bachelor Pad or The Bachelor in Paradise a few seasons later. Uh, he is now the radio color commentator for University of Denver Hockey, and we sat down, we talked everything from hockey, including DU and the Avalanche. We talked baseball. We talked sports in Denver. Of course, we talked The Bachelorette and reality television, which was very interesting. We talked a lot about his current position and uh, what some, some stuff on influencer marketing. It was a really, really interesting interview. JJ was awesome, and he's very interested in being back on the show again sometime soon. So one of these days when Brian's back in town, we're going to try to get J.J. back in studio to talk baseball. He's a big baseball nut. And just thanks to J.J. for being on the show. It was a wonderful experience, and there's a lot of great content here. We hope you'll enjoy it. And Brian and I will be back with the next episode next week. Happy holidays to everybody. Thank you for continuing to support us. As always, you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram, at sports.nerds. We are on Facebook. If you just search sports nerds, and we're at Twitter, at underscore sports nerds. Basically, anywhere you see our floating heads, that's us. Thank you to those of you out there who have shown support for the show, whether that be reviews on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Podcasts, or whether it be donations at anchor.fm slash sports nerds. We really, really, truly appreciate it. Thank you to everybody again, and enjoy your next week with family and friends. Be safe, and we will see you next week. For now, enjoy this interview with J.J. Lane. Undergrad. A master's, PhD. What's what's next? <laughs> this auditing right. classes at Oxford. So yeah, no. This what is else a, follows that? You sound like Catherine. That's what she says. She says, "What?" I, Sam I was, loves learning. Yeah, kind of a nerd. Uh, okay. That's weird. Isn't this called like the sports oh, sports the name nerds. Of this podcast? Oh, that's it. Yeah. Sports. Here, I'm gonna give you a koozie. <laughs> See? Being like I brought me. these wonderful koozies because you know what? We don't make any money, but there you go. You can have a koozie. I'm assuming you drink beer. Is that correct? This I, I was drinking beer up until maybe a month ago, and I realized that apparently I'm extremely gluten and oh. or whatever the thing is. But I've lived miserably for a long time, and I just thought that was normal. But I would just like have a beer, and next thing you know, it was you. I could set my beer on my bloated stomach. So, <laughs> Holla Daily Brewery. They're gluten free, and their beer is awesome. We had it at, really? uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Actually, they make a really good IPA called and Fat Randy. Not fat at all anymore. Good job. Yeah, it's. Did you, know, you used to be fat? No, I would just get fat like in the moment. I mean, I would just have, I just ate whatever I wanted and drank beer, and I would have to like undo. Like I would be at work and we'd have a beer at three thirty, and like I would have to undo my pants, unzip. It was just so painful, and I girlfriend finally came to, you know, bring it to my attention. <laughs> you might have a gluten allergies. Why don't you go one week and just not have any? I feel really good. So wait, you would just get extremely bloated? No wait, your current girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, the girlfriend that I've had for 15 months, so I, I don't know. That's pretty, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's oh, a long time. I mean, that's a lo- that's why I was I was confused. Like, I, I don't know. Like, do you know of another girlfriend? <laughs> no. 
All right, you're no, here. I don't stalk you all. We're mean, here. All the time. JJ Lane is on Sports Nerds, everybody. Uh, I've brought my wonderful wife, Catherine, in for this interview. Brian is doing a swim meet right now, so he could not join us. But uh, he, This guy that's on the koozie is doing a swim meet? He's kind doing of scary a scary picture of him in a Speedo. He's, he's not. His kids. It's uh, funny because he texted me and said, I'm not actually swimming. My yeah. kids are swimming. I was going to say, like, adult league swim meets just seem odd. You know, you can have, like, a men's league hockey, but Never been men's one. league s- swim meets seems, frankly, just weird. For just 35-year-old yeah. men. Yeah. Harry. That's exactly right. Stuffing themselves into a Speedo. So, uh, I want to ask you to begin with, you are DU's color commentator, right, for hockey. How did, how, how did you get this? Yeah, so way? to answer question one, um, yes, I am uh, Jay Stickney's better half. I met Jay through, um, I, I got tied into the program. Like, I went to school at DU, but I got tied in with, like, uh, Rick Bonus, who was the okay. SID at the time. Um, and then, you know, was, you know, friends with Coach Monty and, so we'd usually just go out after games, and, mm-hmm. and Stickney, I don't think, ever missed one of those opportunities. Um, so I knew him. We were friends. And then uh, I was, I've always wanted to do something sports-related, love hockey. Um, definitely not a play-by-play guy, but I think, you know, the, the color stuff, you just, we all do it at home. You know, it, it seems like the easiest job in the world. You're commenting on the game. You're like, can't believe he made that pass. <laughs> it's, it's not hard. And so I texted Jay one day. Uh, prior to last, he's like, curious, do you guys have a color guy? Like, I wasn't aware of anybody that was doing it. Right. Um, it's like, oddly enough, we're looking right now. So, and you're the only applicant. <laughs> so, so, is this something well. like, I understand you have a real job, um, but is this something you kind of would want to try full time? Are you, uh, le- are you learning? I'm sure you're learning a ton, like, as you go, getting better. Oh, yeah, I was terrible when it first started. I mean, one, they didn't tell me anything. I showed up. The training that existed was show up, here's your headset, <laughs> and by the way, you're live now on 104.3 okay. The Fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was no training whatsoever. Okay. Um, so that was that was an interesting process there, but uh, and I was terrified. Like, I, I was fine when the game was going on, and... I think you just finally kind of get a groove, but then we'd go to intermission and they're like, Hey, um, Jay would just leave at intermission. He's like, all right, I'll be back with uh, a minute left in the period. And so I'd just be left to kind of run the intermission and that dead air or that fear of the dead air. And I was like, what do you say? What am I going to do? Yeah. That was terrifying. Um, and I was very nervous. My dad texted me. He's like, I just hear you smacking on your lips every time. (laughs) And I was like, I know like now that you pointed out, because I keep, thinking about what I'm going to say next and how to do it. So that was, it was a little scary. That lasted for maybe three weeks. Okay. And then we would realize that it didn't matter what I was saying, that I wasn't not getting any feedback, good or bad. <laughs> so you're like, hey, you're not living in some hypercritical uh, arena that I guess formerly I was, you know, subject to. And so it's nice. So, no I one cared. It's like public speaking. Who are you really talking to? how much did they mm-hmm. care what, yeah. did, what are you really doing that's what yeah. Um, yeah i mean and also we talk about sports talk radio so much as this as this thing right that's a massive cultural influence but i've realized just through doing this that a lot of people still just don't listen to sports talk radio as much as we think i think we've kind of pivoted more towards podcasting or you know more it's it's interesting even when you see the data because brian and i had our show on um 
uh, Mile High Sports Radio for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was just remember. like our numbers were odd. At noon every Sunday. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't remember what channel was. So this is what season for you? For you? Uh, uh, second year. Yeah, second hockey season. Okay. So, so last year, which is a little... Last year was one where you thought you had a chance to be uh, part of something special because yeah. they had, you know, all the all the horses that that University of Denver had last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Jay, the season prior, he'd got a ring for the national championship. He got a ring. The whole thing that you know, the whole spectacle that goes along with winning a national championship. So the the thought of, you know, your first season, you get to kind of experience that, go to the Frozen Four, everything. Uh, it was a little disappointing when it didn't happen. Obviously, not terribly upset or shook, but uh, you know it would have been a cool experience there. Um, and they don't let me travel, so I don't get to go road games. Oh. So, so just Jay goes. Yeah, just Jay goes. And so I, I actually tried to have him let me go out for like the regionals, mm-hmm. uh, and even said, "Hey, like let the NCAA know, the NCHC, like I'll." post something for them and yeah. i think it was like 200 dollars. like no nah, actually we're gonna stick with our budget <laughs> is that you is that du's decision yeah okay Man. So, yeah. but hey it's college budgets my contract said it's only home game so i get it yeah would but, you do it for free travel for free yeah I, I was thinking about going out for one road game and actually just paying my own way yeah um i mean because i'm not getting i get paid less than an air, airplane flight would be per game. So, um, you know, I'd say I'll do it for free and pay my own way. And they'd be like, well, you're per diem. I don't know if we can afford that. It's fine. I'll just pay for it all. So, do it. so I don't know which game it would be. It would have been fun to go to North Dakota just because for sure, North Dakota. When you were at DU, actually, when you were even just a kid here, did you follow DU hockey? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, I, I stopped following them. Actually, I didn't follow him at all when I went to school there. I was a little disenfranchised from the standpoint of uh, I I had been skating really hard. I, I Probably the best hockey I, I ever was at and in great shape, about 215. I was just like, I, I wanted to walk on. And uh, I ended up breaking my ankle in a men's league game uh, the like, week before okay. I was going to try and walk on at DU. And couldn't skate for a year and then tore my rotator cuff bench pressing like literally to the date a year later mm-hmm. and i was like i'm done with this okay. so i didn't skate for five years didn't follow du hockey i was was very disenfranchised yeah. but i get it do you do you play now yeah i, I play at uh, du on thursday nights is it pretty competitive league uh it's not uh it's not a league anymore we used to be in a league at big bear that we just absolutely dominated for years um <laughs> just every three months we would win the championship yeah 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 um and then no one season just none of the other teams that we'd been playing against the same four teams every thursday so it was pretty nasty too okay so you hated each other you saw each other in the parking lot drinking no one liked each other um but no one the next season signed up so we're like oh we got to switch it up so we went to du and then they had the uh the league that was going on there it was all these guys who had just left juniors in college and they were much younger than us uh-huh. and they were starting to wax us. Oh, yeah, we don't like this. We're used to being the winners. Um, so thank goodness those guys got sick of waxing us and they all moved to family sports. And okay. so we took the ice time over and we just do uh, like an invite only, it's just a private skate, but it's the same 22 to 25 guys every that's Thursday. That's awesome. That's cool. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. So there's no no more fights. No more penalties. 
Uh, I don't think anyone's lost any teeth or had stitches in the last two years that we've run the skate. So it's been much cleaner, which is always nice that's since good. we all have day jobs. I, I would assume that's great. Um, How did you break your ankle yeah. on skates? That's a rare skate. It was the injury. weirdest. It was a freak. I, I can't rec recreate it, but I was on a partial breakaway and this guy, like he put his stick between, you know, like the hole above the skate blade, the yep. toque. Yeah. He somehow got his stick in there. And as I was going full speed, coming around the corner, um, it just somehow stopped me. Like literally like I kept going and my skate just stayed the same. So like right at the top of the boot, mm. it, I mean, it was almost like the, the leg or it was top of the ankle fibula area. Whoa. It was just really bizarre. So it was just full speed and then stopped and then just snapped right over. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And I, to this day, I can't figure out like how I stopped. <laughs> I've, I've tried like even recreating You probably it. had no blade, but your other leg was still going maybe. Yeah, it was, it was an odd situation. So, um, so you can still skate well, just not at your peak right now. Obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, shockingly, that was maybe 20, Four, twenty-five, and eleven years. Ten years, yeah. Yeah, it, you, you take five years off of skating, and uh, just that aging, and yeah, I, I'm I'm very average now. What skates do you put on your daughter? She uh, she plays hockey. She so was you supposed don't do to have any toe picks. No, no. I mean, she did originally. She she was on figure skates for about uh maybe like a couple years at least, but we she's just now been hockey she does mighty mites or oh really whatever like kind of the oh i didn't know that the u8s situation so cute she was supposed to have it today but um we didn't sign her up for the last session she's been traveling so we're gonna get it going in january again should we okay. put our kids in hockey i don't know they can skate. they're still on toe picks now though uh, i don't even know what that means you two can Figure skate skates. i can't it's those things in the front remember that movie uh with the hockey player and the, the figure edge. skater. Yes, the cutting edge. Listen to you too. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to... Would gonna... you be okay if she wanted to be a figure skater? Yeah, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Yeah, I... Would you be okay if she hated the ice? Yeah. I mean, I can't control it. So, I mean, I, I would love for her to love it, and so far she does. But if she tells me one day, can't stand it, that sucks. But, I mean, I can't force it. Yeah. It's imp The last thing you want to be is that dad that... Your kid is miserable, but you're forcing them for yourself. Yeah, a la soccer on Saturdays. Yeah, that's basically what it turns into. <laughs> Which is weird because most of the time it's people wanting their kids to live, you know, their you know dreams out for them. Yeah, but who whoever really grew up in Denver wanting to be a pro soccer player? I don't understand. I don't know. Who, who actually outside of Europe grew up wanting to be a pro soccer <laughs> yeah, player? Nobody. What future do you really have in soccer? Yeah, great. You you're gonna. Uh, did she play soccer? soccer? She did for one Parker Rec Center league. It's three months. It's insane here now. Soccer. There's just so many leagues. Well, I guess there's not so many, but every Saturday is just half half town is is watching soccer. Their kids play soccer. Yeah. You're shaking your head. You don't. I I hate soccer. So that's <laughs> such. A, it's, but, it, it honestly is not even teaching that. I mean, she does gymnastics. Look, I like that. I think at the rigor of gymnastics, there's actual skills that she's learning and yeah. balance and core and all this stuff. Hockey's great. She's learned toughness. Once again, like learning balance and core and everything else. Soccer, they coddle them. Like, and you're out there just yeah. running around and herd puck with the ball. I don't really think they're learning that much. No, it's, yeah, I agree. I think 
we've we've seen it right huh? yeah there's there's enough um i want to ask you before we got to get back to the hockey question um how come more guys don't go to college to play hockey and instead just go to minor leagues like move to canada and play that i've always been i asked wasdecky about that one time when i was in school there and he kind of explained it he basically said that they're just really shitty at recruiting oftentimes they don't have somebody who can really talk a kid into an education but i've always wondered if you if you know you're going to play four years in the minors right or i guess guys probably don't have that conversations with themselves but it just seems like it would be an easy sell is what i'm saying to get a four-year degree in order to as opposed to going and playing and traveling for four years well i would say it's changed okay you probably asked that 10 years ago to guaz i would say it's changed materially in the last five years um i i think that a lot of kids are now viewing um the u.s college hockey route as on par or maybe even slightly better than going yeah. major junior yeah. and what you see is a lot of time I mean, you'll get this you know I, for instance like i was a kid that i wouldn't have done well at least like the major junior hockey of my era was they were developing so fast and so you'd have these late bloomers they would choose college hockey um, they'd play their full ushl they'd play till they're 21 juniors and then go to college hockey and then they'd mature and develop but you'd have these kids that were 15 16 that were 185 and shaving and and i wasn't that kid at 16 but mm -hmm. you know hey that major junior back then was a great route for him because hey we'll put you on the fast track to the nhl but i think now major junior is totally different too i mean it's just not the violent rough um league i mean everyone there is i mean you all have 15 16 year old kids mitch marner you know, at London, I mean, he was tiny. He was probably 145 soaking wet, but he destroyed that league. Um, and, you know, he was at that stage for like, look, he's going to be an 18-year-old NHL player. And so if you're kind of in that mold and, and you can make that transition and go be, you know, 18, 19 in the NHL playing, mm -hmm. fine. Go do major junior because you're going to learn a pro schedule. You're going to play, gosh, those guys play double the 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 games that they're going to play in mm -hmm. you know college hockey their job every day and and essentially is to be a hockey player and so yeah. you're almost becoming like mentor to be a pro uh you know where the college guys like hey i'm I'm 18 i'm still in my juniors i'm not ready to make the transition i need four more years of development but i'm going to get a degree that way so i i, I think but and it's just changing so much now because guys are seeing success stories coming out of college hockey where you have NHL players that are contributing not as role players but as superstars mm -hmm. that went to college so that's a good point that's a really good point do you I mean long term again I want to ask this question I mean would you like to stay in hockey is it something like it's a goal for you oh yeah sorry yeah you'd ask long term on on radio stuff no I mean I, no. I don't have any it's a hobby yeah it's okay the problem is is you probably know more than most just working in sports and, and media I looked into it last year briefly that you have probably 10 guys I mean how, how many guys realistically in hockey broadcasting really only the national guys mm -hmm. are, are making real money mm -hmm. um and the rest it's probably more of a passion project I mean you're on the road you're with the team all the time you look at Mark Mosier he's got a, you know he's jamming on a radio show mm -hmm. as well so you know I think it'd be hard to make a full-time your only income is just doing, it, doing radio. 
Um, you know, so now you move into the TV, I'm sure you get a little bit more on that, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. And they, I think most NHL teams are even doing away with the color guy. You look at Moser forever was just doing it by himself. And I think the budgets are getting scaled back. It used to be Norm Jones and, uh, Mike Haynes forever on the radio. Mm-hmm. I have to assume that that's just getting scaled because people probably aren't listening to the radio as much as they used to. Was that your sport growing up, or did you play other stuff? Uh, baseball. He was hockey. into baseball. Okay. How do you know? I Googled you a lot this week. She's, <laughs> she prepared. She's, she was a little bit more prepared than me. Baseball, huh? Did you play at Regis? I, I didn't, unfortunately. I uh, I quit right before that because hockey became the obsession. Okay. Right about eighth grade. So you were here... Rock, are you a Rockies fan? Yeah, went to I went to the second Rockies game, but uh, Dad, we had season tickets that first I don't know six seven years. Okay, um, was a diehard. Yeah, like big card collector. Um, Will Clark was the first guy. Don't really know why, but obsessed with Will Clark, and then Griffey and Dave Justice. Um, went to the Braves World Series. I was a big Tomahawk Chop guy back in 1990. Okay. Uh, when they went to the World Series. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's funny with the Rockies, though. I was such a big fan of other teams and players, and we just never had that kind of galvanized, that superstar for, at least in my formative years. Like, when I was a kid and it was the coolest thing to have Ken Griffey Jr., our best player was Andres Galarraga, right, yeah. and Dante Bichette. They weren't cool. Like, I didn't, I didn't identify with them. I didn't want to have their posters on my walls. So I was never just a really diehard Rockies fan. Here, uh, yeah, there aren't a lot of diehard Rockies fans around here. Everybody likes the Broncos in this town. Yeah. Well, did you grow up like diehard Broncos fan then? Oh yeah. You yeah. have to. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I went through a, a stage where I cheered for the 49ers in my parents' face. Really upset them during one Super Bowl, but I think that was just being rebellious and an annoying <laughs> so ten-year-old. What is your? We talk about this a lot on the show. What sport or what team? gets you to the point of just total irrational fandom. Like, I don't... To give you an example, Iowa football Saturdays, I don't talk to my wife and kids. <laughs> I don't. And if they lose, Catherine knows. Like, I'm going to be in a bad mood all day. She knows to take children into the safe house. I would say that Cubs, Cubs. affect our marriage more than college football. Really? The Cubs <laughs> World Series. Well, she... Yeah, you're a Cardinals fan. That's why. Oh, yeah. 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 And I'm assuming... Your cub, yeah. yeah there wasn't okay. a lot to do in Iowa growing up in terms of uh, watching. You, I could either watch the Cubs or the Braves, which I assume you liked the Braves because they were on David, TBS, yeah. so you would have access to probably games. I mean, we didn't have cable though it, oh. back when I was in 1990. I didn't have cable, so it was. I, to be honest with you, I mean, I remember just seeing. It probably was Dave Justice. You know, I, you identify with guys that uh-huh. look cool back. Uh-huh. He was a badass. Didn't he beat the shit out of Halle Berry? No, she beat him up, right? Oh, I don't think he ever did anything. I thought it was. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. She beat up Dar- uh, uh, Ryzen, Andre Ryzen, and burned his house, mm-hmm. burned his really? shoe collection. Yeah. No, that was no, Good that work. wasn't that. No, that wasn't. All right. well, that anyway. was the TLC. Well, Dave yeah. Justice had some <laughs> allegations with Halle Berry. You know, it, I can Something. neither confirm or deny. Um, that was way before TMZ existed anyways, so he was probably lucky. Can you imagine TMZ in Jordan's formative years? Lawrence Taylor? I mean, geez, yeah. I guess I mean I guess you've seen it from all all angles. Like, do you think that we would view LeBron differently 
in comparison to Jordan, had TMZ been around in 1988 to 95. And what I mean by that is like we put Jordan up on this pedestal as this pop pure, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then if if Jordan knew that TMZ, you know, if, if he would he behaving, here. yeah, would he behave the same way, right? I mean, I think we first saw it with Tiger, right? Like that was the first time that anybody like mainstream media decided that they're going to just start really prying and going down the rabbit hole yeah. on the athlete's private life situation. But I don't know, Jordan probably just, you know, probably changes, just tightens things up, pulls a jeter. <laughs> Did you have to deal with that a lot? Like, were there paparazzi following you around? No, I, I never, I, I never saw them follow me around. Okay. I mean, they just. We don't have them in Denver. So. I mean, even like, gosh, like when I'd go places, You'd, they would have, I mean, they would have paparazzi. They would have people from different media outlets that would be at events and stuff. And they would set up like, they'd actually set up interviews and we'd kind of have this obligation to talk to them and they'd take pictures. But <laughs> they so usually awkward. do most of their work on me by just, you know, making stuff up. Because what they know they you can do. just seems so normal. I know. Like that does. had to be such a beatdown. To be, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 occasionally it was, but the the weird part was is they. I think that they know that they can go after bachelor people because one, you're in the spotlight, and so you're gonna get clicks for them. But two, uh, we don't have the resources. Like our fame is not buoyed by, you know, a, a entourage of lawyers, and we're not making ten million dollars a year. We mm -hmm. don't have all these other trappings of fame, and so shit like i can say whatever i want about jj i probably can't even afford to send a cease and desist <laughs> letter to me right and like threaten me and get us to like redact anything like they know what they're doing on that front and so we're kind of beholden to just let them do if they decide for some reason that they want to write about yeah. me now nah, they're going to there's a lot of dudes that live out here right that run the show or like that have been on the show it's become this yeah it's it's weird i <laughs> um who do we run to? Follow... Ben. Ben, yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't follow any of the people, but occasionally my girlfriend and I, we actually at this stage, it's, it's kind of gotten comical with... Does she get annoyed seeing... with women like oh, me that would it. say, oh, oh can gosh. I take a picture? If I ran into you in Cherry Creek, I would definitely... She, she's getting better, but she she's she does not like it. Um, it. It's an odd dynamic because we wouldn't have met if I wasn't on the show. And I tried to tell me. her that. I DM'd her on Instagram because Shut she followed up. me. Serious? Yeah. So I was still like, I gotta follow her. I don't follow her. It's like you're you're dating me because if I was just JJ, average Joe JJ, and that wasn't on the show, like you would never have known who I was. So be appreciative of what the show gave us uh, on one hand, but you know I think it it makes it tough because, and I I don't know I'm not a jealous person, and I think just going through life and divorce and all this stuff i don't care if guys follow her if they talk to her like it just doesn't move my needle and so it's hard for me to put myself in her shoes when i have 150 odd thousand people and 90 percent of them are females following and commenting and liking yep i, I think that creates a challenge um that i can't fully appreciate and understand so you know it's it's a constantly something that i think we're getting it's also kind of a guy to. thing too like, i think so too there's a, when you have it's kind of aloof right like yeah. 18 year old students your students are always 18 and when i'm 50 pounds overweight 
<laughs> it's, it's not the best feeling like when the hostess at the restaurant <laughs> like giggles at you yeah so right. i know one percent of what your girlfriend feels yeah I, i'd say 15. Right. i'm pretty pretty charismatic in the classroom <laughs> but, yeah. but i bet the more time that goes by time the less time under so the three years the bridge yeah is a huge i mean it's going to be four years coming up and oh. uh i left the film and Oh gosh, when was it? Early. The original one, the Caitlin one. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this? Oh, I don't care. I mean, it, it just moves. It, it, it. This seems fluid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just throw it in. It's like March. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be four years in March, which is bananas because um, I wouldn't recognize me from four years ago, let alone when strangers are like, "Oh my gosh, you're." Ch-. It's like, how? How do you know that? Like, this is insane. <laughs> Like her? Yeah, that's weird. No, yeah. What, especially like, out of Did context. you want that? Or no. did you just think Caitlin was hot? No, I mean, honestly, and, and it wasn't the magnitude of the show. What It literally wasn't what it was until right after us because social media just wasn't mm. a thing. Oh, good call. Um, and that was right at the inflection point for Twitter and Instagram, right? And so, well, Twitter personas, but I mean, more so Instagram. And um, I just was like, oh, this is fun. This was like, I, I used to come home from the office and my ex-wife would have the show on and I would use that as my window to go to the gym. And so then I would come home and I would see maybe the very, very end of it. I knew very, very little um, about the show other than I thought that they traveled a lot. So, it's like, oh. so when I had this thing pop up, I was like, man, you get to enough. just travel around. Like, this could be a lot of fun. It turns out like none of my, you know, original thoughts on why it went on turned out to be accurate like yeah you travel and you sit in a hotel room so it's oh, not right. like i got to like be a oh, tourist yeah. whatever that syndrome is when you're like brainwashed stockholm, yeah. Stockholm. stockholm yeah i always said stockholm syndrome for sure was was the way that people quote unquote fall in love and off of three dates that last all of 20 minutes so <laughs> so wait i gotta know then nobody hopefully nobody asks you this so like, did you get an email? Like, how did you, were you watching The Bachelorette before on and you were like, yeah, I want to apply, I want to send in a video and I should try this? No, somebody, um, this, this girl that frankly, like I had dated right after the divorce for all of, like, like we essentially were, were friends, but I didn't even talk to her in a year. Okay. Um, she's worked for a production company in Denver and apparently ABC then outsources some of these castings to um, these other groups. And so she reached out simply, and, and my guess is she got paid off of me getting picked. Oh. Uh, she probably got a commission, right? So my guess is she reached out to 20 people that she thought, you know, had a shot or something and uh, or an interesting story. And it's like, hey, you have interest? Like, sure, what do I got to do? She's like, send me 10 pictures of you. And that's it. Okay. That's so creepy. And a month okay. a month later, yeah, ABC <laughs> called me and um thus began just the weird like it was a long process. <laughs> I just can't imagine what that's like. Like are you glad you did it? Ah oh, man. Well now it's, yeah. It's a really a weird platform. Yeah, yeah, but like my platform isn't helping me on it, <laughs> my platform doesn't help me like where I want to be long term. Like platform short term is great. Like, oh, I can make some easy money posting pictures on Instagram, oh. right? Yeah. But um, you know, you don't retire off of Fab fit fun boxes. Um, did you post that really? Yeah, I mean, I, I did all kinds oh. of ads. 
I mean, that's um, how it works now, right? It's just influencer marketing and yeah, but you know, it doesn't help me in my my day job yeah. by any means. And if if anything, it actually really hurt that side yeah. of things. Um, and so it, it just created more of a distraction. I think it took my eye off the ball of kind of the next fifty years of my life. I had great memories, like I had some cool experiences. I did stuff that I would never have one dreamed of or even been had access to do. Um, but but I look back on it and you know it's if I don't know if, if you asked me today would you do it again I'd probably say no. But it's like would you get married to that same woman that you, you got divorced with? No. But I have a beautiful daughter from it. Yeah. And I wouldn't be dating my girlfriend now. Um, I wouldn't have the friend group I have. Yeah, so it it's this out. really weird, messy thing where you, you don't want to actually say I wouldn't do it. Be- so what are you doing now? Uh, I work for a middle market investment bank called Forbes M&A. But M&A, is that, I mean, is that what you went to school for? That particular? Yeah. Of- I mean, my whole goal when I went to DU is to be an investment banker. So, okay. And you went to New York, right? Yeah. I, I went and I worked at J.P. Morgan um, post great recession uh, i was out there like 2009 so it was a, a tough so i had both my internships in 07 08 uh when everything looked amazing and people were making gobs about you know money and finance and then um lehman brothers crashed in like september 14th or something and everything changed from that point on and you know if you're making x dollars as an investment banker on september 13th it's just the regulations and the oversight and people looking at investment bankers as the scum of the earth because they apparently wrecked the world, everything, um, you know, cut that in half. And, you know, it just, it became, you know, it, it wasn't the same deal. It was like mortgage broker if you were doing that in 07, right? Everybody was a mortgage broker and they make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it weeds out the, the chaff and now you're left with the people that either really want to do it or good at it, what have you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and for me, I wouldn't say that I am great at it. I just, it's the only thing I know how to do anymore. So you just got to stick with what you know. So how does, I guess, the M&A process, like what, what is your role in it? Are you kind of liaising in between clients or how does that work? Like, what are you good at, I guess? Well, what's, so our, our focus in, in investment banking is a very nebulous term, but um, you look at Goldman Sachs, they're investment bankers, but they've got you know, they'll lead IPOs for pu- companies and they mm-hmm. raise all these public, you know, equity all the way down to they'll sell your business or they'll help buy a company, right? So we do um, primarily buy and sell side M&A. So like okay. the biggest one is helping companies sell their company. Okay. Um, you know, my job, I start right at the, the bottom is we see a company, for instance, this client that we have out of state, um, they come in and, you know, one of the, the partners of the firm is like, hey, we got this introduction. I think they're interested in selling. So we prepare extensive kind of these materials, value their business based off the information that they'll send us, um, figure out who the best buyers are, uh, figure out kind of what best process, how long it's going to take, everything. And then we go and we pitch them on that. And once okay. if they say, yeah, we want to sell, then it's about an eight to 12 month process okay. from, yes, I want to sell to, you know, ca- the you know the wires have hit and you now are presumably a little richer than you were before, mm-hmm. but you might not have your company or you're working for a private equity fund and they own half your company. So, so it's um, not like suits. Okay. <laughs> so when you lived in New York, were you into hockey? I didn't skate at all in hockey or in New York. I didn't even take my stuff. Yeah. Did you that go was to games? 
I didn't go to a single game. Um, never been to Madison. Well, I've been to Madison, but it was on a tour back when I was maybe 18. So I, I wasn't a very good hockey steward uh, when I lived in New York, unfortunately. Yeah, it sounds like it. When but you're I, there and you're doing that, is it just like 24 hours a day, I would assume? Like, you yeah. don't really have a life outside no, of No, I mean, I, I I got to the office at 9, and I would come home in a black car at 3 in, 3 in the morning. Holy shit. And then I would stay up and play video games for an hour to decompress. And then? Then back at the office at 9. And then I'd go in on Saturday at 10 a.m. And then I'd usually leave. I'd I'd use my free cab that I'd get on weekends, and I'd try you know, figure out where I was going to go, and I'd just go straight from the office to wherever we'd go out. And okay. Then you'd be back at Sunday at 11 and come home around 7. My word. So it was yeah, – there was not a lot, of, a lot of time for sports – I look back at that those kind of years, probably like oh nine to thirteen. I it was like black years. Like I yeah. don't know really what happened that much in sports. <laughs> How old were you then? So you would have been. You were very. I mean, that was kind of like prime years for. Yeah, tw- uh, tw- late twenties. Late twenties. Man, that's just. What have you seen? I know this is a sports show, but I'm you obviously have your. And, I know. Uh, I want to talk about things. concussions. I know. Okay, I, I gotta ask. Like, since like, what have you seen having grown up here? And now living here in this town, in terms of business, in terms of the significance of Denver as a market for industry, like, is it there? Or are we being sold a story that's not true? Like, or are you actually seeing it? Like, oh, people Den- want to be here now. Yeah. Business-wise. I mean, Denver, every Wall Street banker, you know, when, when they're done with what I had, you know, those first two years when your life is terrible, they want to come out here now. Really? Um, and so and there's there used to be a Denver discount. Um, we would, you know, firms would, you know, you, if oh, you come out here and you'd get half what you'd be making in New York. Well, now there's just so much competition for it. You're getting so many, you know, high quality people that they're coming out, they're getting the quality of life. They're getting to look in the mountains. They can ski in the weekends. Um, I think there's more of a, a consistency that, Hey, we're not a sweatshop culture out here. So, uh, but you're just getting so many people that, that desperately want to come out here that, are, are raising kind of the bar for everybody. Uh, I look at the oil and gas space here that you know, half the buildings, you know, you got DeVita, I guess, that's exploded and they've added a lot of Skyline. And then you've got a lot of the big oil and gas companies. Uh, they were servicing the Bakken out here. And so companies were there. But now, I mean, I think there's a lot of other opportunities, even with the Bakken slowing down. And um, I, I think Denver's a great kind of corporate it's not the flyover state, and I don't think companies are saying, oh, I'll service it from our L.A., Chicago, San Francisco office. I think they're actually coming here, and you can just see it. Like the skyline, when I moved back in 2010, 2011, there was probably 15 cranes for five years mm-hmm. just sitting right there, and, and it's just nonstop yeah. growth. Uh, I look at the the home prices and how that whole thing is, is skyrocketed. I mean, we're now... I'm praying to God because I don't own a home anymore, which is another story. But I'm just like, I need a, I need a correction in the marketplace. Yeah. And Denver is, is one of those that I feel like is, it's, it needs the correction, which sucks. Uh, but it's just this, this real estate's unsustainable. So it's wild, man. Yeah. We, so if you own, congratulations. Um, that's her. And, it's and then man. if you don't own, <laughs> just sit on your cash and have dry powder because hopefully we get the correction here in a little bit. All right, you wanted to ask him a question, Catherine. Yeah, thoughts on <clears throat> hockey concussions. If she gets crashed into the boards, you're worrying about her brain. 
My daughter? Yeah. Well, at the speed that Gemma is skating. <laughs> okay, um, when she's in high school <laughs> and she loves hockey. I it honestly doesn't cross my mind on any level. And maybe this is a naive standpoint. I never have had any issues with concussions. I, I may have had maybe two in my life, but mm-hmm. even those, like, I, I couldn't. On get, ice? Yeah. Okay. One, one was on ice and one was a car accident. But, like, this was back in the 90s. It was just so different now. Mm-hmm. That nothing was really diagnosed, and and I just never really have had issues, and I've never worried about it. So, um, I guess from my standpoint, I don't worry for her. I also know that girls' hockey just isn't going to be; it's just not as nasty. Uh, from you know, you're just not getting the head hunting uh, that you get if you go watch even a Regis high school game, and it, it's it's kind of funny when you watch high school to college to NHL, and everyone on the ice in high school hockey is trying to hit everybody that they can. And it's just nonstop guys just taking run after run after run. Um, and just the level of kind of, and maybe this is 17 year old boys. I don't know. The, the level of violence in those things is, is pretty amped up because, and then two, I think the disparity between the, the great players and the, the lower end players is, is that much higher. So you're getting guys in bad spots. That don't want to take the hits. Mm. And so you get the violence looks even worse. You go up to college and you start seeing still decent amount. You go to a DU North Dakota game. There's a lot of hits, mm-hmm. but it's 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 nothing. You know, you're still seeing guys that are making the plays. They know how to spin out of their heads. It's just not as big of a deal. And then you go to the NHL, and that's weird. Like all these guys, they're huge. The ice is so small, and you don't see that much contact. You don't see that much violence out there. Occasionally, you'll get, you know, the big Zadorov hit, you know, coming across the middle or something, but. It's not what it used to be. You're not getting Scott Stevens hits now, too, because they've taken this out of the game. But that whole, you know, head down the center of the ice, that is few and far between in the NHL. Is that NHL. because of the concussion climate or the yeah. evolution of the sport? Oh, I think it's twofold. I, I think, one, everyone's more aware. People don't want to get suspended. I mean, you look at Tom Wilson. I think guy's not making a ton of money, and, uh, you know, his suspension probably cost him, I think, like $250,000, or maybe it was even more than that. That's for hockey guys. That's a lot of money because they just their contracts aren't the same. So they're just thinking more. And then, some of it. yeah, and then I think the the emphasis in the game has been a lot more on speed, and you have and guys violence. like a Mitch Marner, um, who can survive Johnny Gaudreau and Mitch Marner and, and guys like that can survive in this league now, whereas you, you just didn't see. I mean, you had a Paul Korea and a Martin St. Louis. Yeah. But outside of that, you did not have little guys flourishing. And now there's a lot of guys that are 150, 160, 170. Oh, my goodness. Like, back in the Richard Matvichuk, Darian Hatcher days of the Dallas Stars. Are you kidding me? That would have been bad. You would not be surviving. I mean, Milan Hayduk, I mean, I think his rookie year, like, broke his collarbone playing against the Stars. I mean, it was violent in those games. It's just so much faster now, too. Everybody, I don't know if that's the... I mean, it, probably the, the the training that goes into it and the specialization of the sport, but it's just a fast game. Everybody's so much fast, which makes it harder, I would assume, to, to really those hits are, are fewer and far between. Yeah, and and just bigger emphasis on the skills. Yeah, for sure. So I can look at a figure skate and know what kind of boot and what kind of blade it is. Are you keeping up with the trends of hockey, the equipment, the? <laughs> yeah, kind of the. Back when I was a kid and 
you know, my mom used to come and like the paper would just have in the Rocky Mountain News, there'd be a picture of an Avs game and they would identify, they say Adam Deadmarsh, 18 and Adam Foote, you know, combined to hit so-and-so of the Red Wings, right? And they wouldn't show any, and I was like, you couldn't see anything identifying Deadmarsh, but they'd say, and I'm like, that's not Deadmarsh. He uses an ultralight stick and he's got Bowers with a sock over the thing. And mm-hmm. she's like, and, and I would spot that stuff on the game nonstop. And now <laughs> I'm really out of the loop. It stinks. You know, like I'm just not in the, uh, as a kid, I had all of the uh, mail order catalogs for equipment. And this is before the internet. Mm-hmm. So we would get that, me and my buddies, and we would just, I mean, that was like my Bible. And you studied all the equipment yep. that you desperately wanted. And um, <laughs> you, then you'd look at what the pro level stuff was. And you're like, why is this in mine? Not look exactly like theirs. I want the pro stock version. And um, now it's, you know, I've had the same, I had to buy new skates like three years ago. But outside of that, I'm, I'm wearing the same gear that I had in juniors, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I'm really out of touch. Well, well, at least you're in your sport as an adult from your childhood. That's a yeah, lot that of happiness. Cool. It's nice when you find your yeah your love again. But you, you never hear like football. Hockey is one of those that people just love, a right? Lifelong, yeah, yeah it's a lifelong love. Yep. Football. One, you don't even hear the guys that play it talk about how much they love it, and it's a lifestyle, and they live, yeah, breathe, and die football. Do that when you're forty. Yeah, and they're yeah. certainly not playing men's league football mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah, hockey is one of those things that you can kind of Golf, stick with tennis, your entire life. Is it, yeah, but you also can always find people your age and your you know skill level to play. I'm sure baseball is not that, that not that at all. Well, we have slow, slow pitch. pitch. Yeah, but yeah. that just ends up. Even baseball would be a tough. I mean, I know they've got some of those things, but you know that's a tough one. I, I don't know what it is, but hockey is just, it, it really, it, and additionally, you get a lot of guys starting late in life, which I find to be the most courageous thing ever because, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's an actually an odd conversation about their skating strategy because you can always tell the guys that picked it up late in life, they skate very rigid and like they're, they're hit, like they, they push more straight back. Whereas, you know, guys that have been doing it their whole life, they're more out to the sides. Mm-hmm. And it's this this whole hip issue that everyone like it I've is. got really bad hip issues, and it's because like our socket has been completely smoothed out. Huh. Or they um, live on their inside edges because they're scared. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's it's always an odd one. Like you'll see some guy and he can tape his socks exactly like me, and he can do all these things. Man, that first round, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, JJ Lane, we appreciate you talking with us today. Was, well, are we not going to talk about favorite, uh, you know, Avs players growing up? Any of this stuff? I well, shit. Go, okay, go. How do we not get into Forsberg? Okay, all right, all right. I just I wanted to be respectful of your time, mm. but I guess no. You're okay. And it's mom's time. And it's in your mom's time. Okay, so oh. <laughs> trust me, my Peter? daughter's probably much happier right now at my mom's house. So <laughs> we know our kids are. <laughs> no, she when she got dropped off, she's like, I get to play. It's like. Yeah, I live in a one-bedroom apartment. Like, come on, I'll let you watch the iPad all day. You should be happy. <laughs> all right. Where do you live, downtown? Uh, tech center. Oh, okay. Yeah. Us I, too. I on live... Orchard. Oh, okay, yeah, so my office is in the nondescript building next to yeah, Del Frisco's. I've seen you walking. What? I oh, told yeah, you that. You I saw him walking at the crosswalk or yeah. something, and I was like, I think JJ's a sports guy. That's what triggered oh, this idea. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah going to the Starbucks across yeah. the orchard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always yeah, random people there. 
did I see there the other day? I can't even think. Oh, uh, uh, okay, the, yeah. Tell us about your yeah. obsession with Forsberg. Uh, well, I'm obviously you guys aren't from here. Or, yeah, nope. neither one here, but Peter no, Forsberg. Sorry. We have Miko Rantan and McKinnon natives? doing some good stuff mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, on pace, doing great stuff, but. Denver's never seen anyone like Forsberg, and it just stinks because I just don't think he gets enough credit. So I'm kind of his unofficial guy to continue. He's in the Hall of Fame. You met He's him? rich. I met him one time. I had about 10 different times where I like missed him by like random things at different rinks, and it was killing me. And a buddy of mine was running a rink at Big Bear's like it was in his last retirement because Forsberg's at the rink. It was a Saturday. I was sleeping in. Wake up ex-wife is not there we only had one car i was like no how am i gonna get there there was no uber or anything like this frantically calls her she when i was like forsberg's at the rink we gotta go um she understood what that meant and she uh probably walked out mid-hair appointment or something we did it go out and uh a public session he was he rented the rink and he was actually out there like trying to do his comeback and we walked we go there and there was eight people and he's just on the ice skating around i was so nervous comes off the ice i took a picture felt like an idiot and i was like that's it i screwed up i missed out um and so i waited for him to come out of the locker room again i was like peter i know this sounds terrible i'm a grown man but i just want to shake your hand and i want to thank you for influencing my hockey career um i had skates like yours i tried to have my skating stride like here's all this stuff and he just starts laughing and we talked for five minutes and i don't remember anything that was said and i blocked out but uh that was it and i after that i was like no i'm good i don't need to ever talk to him again we're all good so he's your favorite athlete ever oh all time what did he say i i I don't even remember he he (laughs) laughed and he's like oh it's nice to meet you and i had mentioned that like my old like private coach worked him out at another oh when his spleen got ruptured mm-hmm. during like the playoff run and so he was like trying to come back then and um i lived in elizabeth at the time and so my coach was like forsberg's here um if you get here it'll be you and him on the ice and you're gonna work him out and i frantically got there and by the time i drove into big bear from elizabeth i saw him driving away and i was devastated this yeah. was high school senior year but uh yeah so i mentioned that and we talked about that but yeah so peter forsberg all time you know i've told my girlfriend now i said look if peter came and he said look you need to leave me leave jj for peter i said he can do whatever he wants that's so you're attracted to him as well no not that way i just respect him that much that you know what's mine is his Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's awesome okay what do you mean about his stride i don't know his stride well he just had that wide stance you know just the way his skating stride was and he was really wide and then you know he was hard to knock off the puck oh okay Okay. i tried i mean when i nancy kerrigan i'm oh really oh yeah see and what was hers how do you describe the nancy kerrigan stride she had her boots very loose for a figure skater if you look at her old videos her ankle can like wobble inside the skate and i always found that really fascinating especially when you're trying to catch an edge from coming back down would do you do that yourself now i would like to once i lose all this baby weight but yeah i still but i mean do you do them loose no okay no but i know what you mean about like the really small things that you notice about your hero yeah oh yeah the nancy uh... and tanya era was just everything remember that? <laughs> and then the movie now 
Did did Nancy get a silver or what? A silver, yeah. Okay. So that was the old judging system. What's it the difference? Was, you get an artistry and a technical component. And back in the day, the artist if it was a tie, the artistry would override the technical. So they she tied with Oksana Bayul. Remember that 16-year-old from Ukraine? I remember the name, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she had more artistry points than technical, so she won. The Eastern Bloc Europeans with that artistry point. It was pretty upsetting. That's 94, so Albertville. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how USA I remember Hockey did then. <laughs> USA Hockey back then, I mean, before NHL Lily players Heimer. were doing it. Um, yeah, it was Albertville 92? Yeah, that was Christy. Okay. Good Yamaguchi mm-hmm. married Brett Hedigan, mm-hmm. Canuck player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I wish I had the same level of memory for stuff for my job that happened last week that oh, I do I... for stupid random sports information. This frustrates me, actually. So I know you start businesses. You did 360, the lawn stuff, the home stuff. Yeah. Is Do you have any businesses that tie in sports to your business or is it completely separate like my life I'm i've never found a way and then i skate at night i've never found a way to monetize yeah, um me neither unfortunately yeah other than <laughs> teaching yeah teach consult or something like if you taught private hockey lessons oh, or something but that's yeah, not I, real i mean like business wise yeah unfortunately and and i'm probably not very good coach i i realized <laughs> i tried teaching Gemma and there's just I'm not a good I'm not a good coach of on hockey at least because a lot of stuff for me was like inherent and it was it was visual by watching stuff and it wasn't learned and it wasn't through like reps or drills that were being like taught to me mm-hmm. and so when I went out to try and teach her something or even my brother like it I couldn't I couldn't verbalize it to them properly I just like well you just, just do, do a do toe it. drag yeah like why wouldn't you toe drag around this guy. And I, it just, I, I realized my limitations. I would not be a good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no patience either. I'd much rather be the dad that sits quietly and, you know, doesn't doesn't try and critique and and just lets the coach do or, do his or her job because. And I've seen like there's great coaches so far like Arapaho, Littleton, um, really good people that, you know, care. I I think to coach Mighty Might Hockey, you got to care a lot. That's at Family Sports Center. Or that's it. She's at South Suburban, or Littleton, yeah. Oh, uh, the one off of a uh, university in Arapahoe, right? Yep. Yep. Behind. Exactly. Oh, yep. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So where you got your? Didn't you get your skates sharpened there one time? Mm-hmm. Oh, over at. Uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Yeah, his name from Colorado Springs, Bill, or. Well, he's got the nickname, right? The yep. skate sharpener guy. He used to do all the ab stuff. He's, in, he's just in my phone as sharpen skates. <laughs> but we went through your new skates. Sharp and skate guy. Yeah. You ever gone down to the to the place? Where is it? In Monument? No, it's almost to, to Colorado Springs, and there's like some skate sharpening guru there. What was his name? That's what we're talking about. Oh, but he, he has, travels oh, everywhere. He does. Yeah, you leave okay. it in a locker in South Suburban, and it comes oh. back with fairy dust on it. That was crazy. I took Iris, my oldest, down there to get Catherine's skate sharpened. Who was skating? The uh, Jason. The U.S. Olympian guy, the figure skater. And Jason it was like, Brown. holy shit. There was like that's where they practice. The like, wow, that's like they're doing like in the, the springs. springs yeah. yeah, like you see yeah, some people incredible. do that on skates. It's pretty wild. There's a figure skating hall of fame down there. I feel like every oddball sport has its hall of fame in the springs. <laughs> it's true. I know well, that. Where's there's hockey? the rodeo hall of fame. 
I think they have like a jousting offensing Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous. Colorado no. Springs is like the go-to for you know off like Strange Olympic sports. Shit. Yeah, it's they have like, a vegan fast food restaurant down there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really just one-offs. You'd be really good at consulting like athletes on their public persona. That's what you should do. You just sit in there. You just charge by the hour to yeah. consult. Well, you say, here, here's what you're gonna have to do. Well, I was trying. I, I wanted to go agent route. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. And uh, I, I met with. I mean, so I'm good friends with Peter Schaefer, who, uh, I mean, he plays on our hockey team. C.J. Anderson and a lot of Broncos. Okay. He's a football guy more so, but I've talked to him about it. And it is just, it is hard. Like, I mean, you're not breaking in and just getting a salary. Like, and and if you want to be in hockey. The path of signing a kid to then him getting a contract, you you're signing these kids as your fa- family advisor at 15. They might not be signing anything until their 20s. Oh, and so the, yeah. the sales cycle is brutal, oh. um, and it's just not sustainable. I don't I don't have cash flow to sit there and be like, all right, like I'm good for seven years while I harvest all of these young hockey players. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, it's fine. I, I've given up on the idea of, of monetizing sports, and I'll just be a fan like the rest of us. Well, I'm okay with that. Uh-uh. Yeah. Hey, that's. I'm more than fine with that at this stage, and and my fandom is even declining. I didn't sign up for NHL Center Ice this year. Didn't sign up for the football package. You know, it's just. Uh, I think it's just growing up. It stinks. Yeah, it does. You don't have as much time to get really yeah. upset about your team's losing. I wouldn't mind renting either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just adulthood. It's like the older you get, um, in terms of sports, like you kind of begin to see sports for what they really are. I think that's what like Brian and I try to do with the show, and sometimes it's depressing. Like, it's like the NFL. There's a lot of money in the NFL, and a lot of those decisions are just run by money. And it's like, yeah, this is. It kind of sucks. It's not as dreamy as no, when it's you were not, a kid. No, it's not. And it looks like. Well, I look at. There was a, there was a stage where I, even though I didn't play football, I would have loved to be a football player. Coming out of that tunnel and all the people and. Do you 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 do the math and and realistically, ninety five percent of these football players, yes, they might make in one year seven hundred grand. Okay, but now you've foregone career opportunities mm-hmm. you lack a skill set to matriculate to the next level and let's say you even make five million over the yeah. course of your thing you have expectations of when you roll into the team parking lot to drive a certain kind of car to live a certain life so now you're like completely discounting all your income and now That's you're true. out of the league in three to five years That's a good point and i guarantee you i'm in a much better situation as are both of us you know everyone in here to just know that hey i'm gonna actually have income 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 until I'm 60 and I have the skill set for no, it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have the pressure, I think, too, of, and, and I actually take it one step further back to bachelors. What you see is then there's this public pressure of people that um, once your image is, hey, I was a football player and I had this quality of life and I ate at these restaurants and I drove these cars. Well, you don't want to then be like, well, crap, I got to take this job at some accounts receivable gig. Or I gotta go work at Target because you have pride and you have an image to uphold. So mm-hmm. now that like really holds you back and limits you. So then it's just a compounding issue. And, and I see it. there's one very specific bachelor person that you know I won't name that <laughs> you know he's, he's got himself down this rabbit hole where he's too proud to actually just work. get a job. Yeah, 
because you know he's built his life on people thinking he's going to be an actor or a model or all these things and it's like uh i mean just be normal mm -hmm. like most people do go back to your regular life yeah i didn't consider the lifestyle that cancels out all mm -hmm. of your all of your millions that's true in your country club what's the problem too like with college athletes especially basketball and football you think it's you're invincible yeah. and it's forever like and they that. don't train they don't prepare these kids very well for reality i mean for adulthood that's what sucks but and it's also it's not just the the, the coaches it's the fact that these institutions put themselves on such a high pedestal as academic integrity and all of this when in fact so many of these kids they just need like a think of like a, an aa degree in just business management like that would benefit them immensely in their life and there's no degree like that at whether it be a big 10 school or even you know a yale or harvard or or uh you know at appalachian state it just doesn't exist no i mean they're putting them through their academic advisor that's through the the, the football program is making sure that they're in the programs that they can yeah. get the classes to fit the football practice schedule that they know that the teacher is pro football yeah and and so hey now you walked out of here with i don't know uh whatever i don't even know what random degrees are but very unlikely that it's transferable i mean gosh it's hard enough to transfer a finance degree from du because what you actually learn and what you do yeah. are so materially different. different yeah so i can't imagine if you have a very generic esoteric degree where that plays in in real life <sighs> there needs to be an overhaul all right um thank you yeah thank you guys appreciate, appreciate it. it whenever we want to get into a discussion around you know the change of you know college you know paying players i mean we'll i think we're the platform for change right here let's do it i mean <laughs> yeah. that's fine that's fine we'll do it we'll plan on next time uh Brian's in town for uh, family stuff. We'll do a, a, an interview and get you back in here. We can talk shop. So for yeah. my friends, what was your favorite show? You did three shows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did two shows and, and one that I didn't. The Regret? I, no, oh. one one show I did purely for the money. I, I, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my own family I did this one Are you one allowed to say show. how much money that one paid you? Uh no okay. but i mean it was okay. enough to make me go do a stupid show what do you mean stupid show we'll talk it? about it after oh okay off the air what about um did you like being on the beach or traveling the world oh i same paradise was a thousand times better really oh. yeah i had no, oh, stru I had no structure sequestered yeah and and it was like they didn't and care about women. me it was amazing like i would <laughs> <laughs> on bachelor like they would they would wake me up like they, they were micromanaging your life oh. on paradise i swear it was awesome because other people had storylines that they cared about hmm. <laughs> no one once woke me up i would sleep till noon and then i would go um i would usually like take forever to get ready then i'd go over i'd read a little bit and then i would boogie board or like wait or i would uh skim board and I'd do that for three hours, and then around four, I'd go up and I'd hit the bar, and I'd eat, and I'd drink until about two in the morning, and then go to bed. And I literally had no—I was not a character on the thing. Like whatever they might show on the TV, I can't was fine. remember now. Been, yeah, I mean, but, I'm sure that they built but I something just up. Wanted in to the know deal. if you loved it or not, and that's hilarious. What yeah. book did you read? Oh gosh, um, it was a war book. It was, but it was more like a fiction non-fiction it was a non-fiction some i i'm, I'm actually dying that i can't remember 
clearly it stood out to me. It was a famous title by a famous author that I found to be not that good of a book, but I it was my only book, so I read it. Because they take your phone away, right? Yeah, they take the phone. I mean, you just need something to pass time. Um, Because you have no clock, no TV, no newspaper, no internet, no phone. Um, That's real weird. So you, you, and and they want you because they want you to go out and engage with everybody else and start drama and be bored and so just be constantly churning conversation. Mm -hmm. But how long were we there? 14 days, maybe. Okay. It's kind of like a 14-day vacation. Yeah, and I, I I reached the absolute end of it. My ankles swelled up really, really bad, uh, probably from running the sand and too much alcohol and not enough water, not eating well. I had a terrible sunburn, like scabbing, like terrible sunburn. Um, God. And, that makes me real mad. Do you wear sunscreen now? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I just don't take my shirt off anymore. Okay. Um, me either. I, it was it was actually kind of scary. Like I just it was like a double sunburn on the same thing, but oh it was God. just my own stupidity. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I was done. Like I reached my limit. This one that was like, I'm so sore, I'm miserable. There's like these crabs that run around in our bedroom. We've got sand in my bed, I, and I'm very kind of a clean freak, and so I was just disgusted. Yeah, and I was not like, I'm done. Your sheets, I'm, like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm I'm just done. Ready to go home. Let's call it a day. Okay. Yeah. So it worked out good. Well, you're extremely normal. <laughs> so hey, hey. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. No, you, yeah. Props to your parents. And uh, keep doing the dad thing. It's got to be tough. Just, you know, you seem to be really, really an awesome pops. So I understand how tough that can be. So I really mean that. That's oh, cool. no. Yeah, thanks. I mean, nice I think my, my biggest goal is, you know, I, mean, I guess once I was a single parent, a lot of guilt comes along with that and um you know still get asked questions about the why and you just have to remind them that she has two people that love her immensely and um uh you know having a very strong you know kind of grandma and grandpa that can be there and support and kind of cover for me has been really good i couldn't imagine not living in denver and and having that support system but uh she seems very uh, she's transitioned well, and and so it's it, she's a, a a model case for you know a split home, so it's a relief. Well, the more adults that love her, the better, and that want to help, so that's good. Kayla doesn't have a baby, does she? No, no. <laughs> Thankfully, Kayla, if you're gonna listen at some stage, if you've made it this far, I'm really impressed. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> if anybody's made it this far, wow. But if uh, you know, she she wants a she wants a baby. Uh, pretty bad and you know I'll, I'll break this but she doesn't know the date but i am proposing her soon um, and so it'll be it'll be fun JJ. to uh she's she's gonna come unglued absolutely unglued that's awesome man congratulations That'd yeah be... and it's gonna be done and there will be zero roses in this proposal <laughs> just irises yeah over the holidays uh can't say okay but Aww. put it this way, it won't be cliche. And it won't be okay. Neil Lane. Yes, she'll be very surprised. And I've I've told her, I said, look, just make sure your nails, manicure, I think. Aww. I go, sometime in the next six months, so make sure that every day your nails are perfect. <laughs> That's good. I dig it. All right, JJ Lane, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, hopefully DU kind of figures it out. I know they're struggling. Yeah. struggling. A little bit. They're fine. They're young. Okay. 
All right. Appreciate you joining the show. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Everybody. Really nice talking. Hope you enjoyed the show.